Well, we're talking a little bit this morning. Actually, it, it kind of incorporates into what was going on this morning. We've had a Wednesday night Bible study. We've been talking about what's worship, all the aspects of worship. It's about a five-week lesson we've been watching. It's a video series, but we're not going to do the video. We're just going to teach in that. But it, <clears throat> through our Wednesday night class, which everyone seems to be excited about and we're having a lot of conversation about, it's renewing our desire to spend time in worship, as we did this morning. And, you know, and that's what those lessons on Wednesday night are for, and that's why I figured that's something the church needs to have. We need to talk about why we worship, what worship is about. Um, as I said, the curriculum has been primarily a video, but I'm going to use the, the lessons that he has to, to teach from. Uh, the author's name of the video is Tom Kreuter. He's been doing this for 20, 30 years. He's been going around teaching about worship. And actually, a few years ago, our worship team, we went to see one of his seminars in Lancaster a while ago. And it, it's great and, and encourages us and, it, and renews things in us that we've always known but we kind of forget about. So I'm gonna spend the next few weeks talking about worship. And now he opens his video with this unfortunate poll. You know who George Barna is? George Barna is a Christian pollster. He goes around and, and surveys Christian organizations on various topics. And he went around and, and asked this question to regular church attenders. Not, not you know, your once in a while Christmas Easter folks. He asked the people that are there consistently, what is worship? What is your answer what, to the question, what is worship? And two-thirds of the regular church attenders couldn't define it. They didn't know what it was. So we're going to start talking about that so we really understand what God says about worship. So the first question we're going to ask is, why do we do it? Why do we worship? Because it's something we've always done. Because we like it. Because we like the music. We like the way it makes us feel. We do it because why? We don't know why we do it, but it's something we've always done. Well, to be honest, the reason we do worship is, is because God told us to do it. God says worship. I Googled this once uh, this week, and if you Google worship scriptures, you get a whole pages of scriptures. 77 was one, 45 was another, 40 was another. So there's a lot of verses talking about scripture. I'm just going to talk about a few of them right now. Matthew 4.10 says, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Psalm 29.2 says, Give honor to the Lord for the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Hebrews 12.28, Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be destroyed, let us be thankful and please God. How? By worshiping him with holy fear and awe. Psalm 96.9, Worship the Lord in all of his holy splendor. So the act of worship is not something we do because we like it. That's a byproduct, but it's not why we do it. We worship because God has told us, basically God has commanded us to worship. He said we are supposed to worship him, which means it doesn't matter how we feel about it. We begin to worship. How many have ever walked into church, just had a bad morning? Kicked the cat. Yell at the wife, you walk in the door and you're just grumbling and you don't feel like worshiping. Or, no, see, that's why it's a bad day. I didn't say swing a dead cat, but you know. 
when you begin to worship, even if you have a bad attitude, God will change that attitude through worship. And your bad attitude is no reason not to worship because we're not worshiping because we feel like it. We're worshiping because God told us to worship, regardless of how we feel. Now, the worship, we use the term worship for music. And we use it for everything else. We should, you know, when we give, we worship. When we serve, we worship. But we're going to focus on the music aspect of worship in the next few weeks. So we know why we worship, because God told us to. But if two-thirds of the general population don't know what worship is, maybe we should look at the question, what is worship? Well, the first thing is, we don't get to define what worship is. How many know that? We just can't figure out what we like and call it worship. Worship is what God defines as worship. And just because we think certain things are worship does not mean that they actually are worship. I wrote this example down. I may think that washing my car is worshiping God. And we may take great care in washing your car, but you know what? Not worship. You can do it as an act of service, but it's not worship. There's three things that all worship requires us to do. First one is worship honors God, is directed to God, and lastly, it requires the involvement of those of us who worship. And every scripture I found about worship has those three aspects in it. It honors God, it's focused on God, and it requires some, that we do something during the act of worship. So the word worship, as we honor God, we all probably know that the word worship comes from the word worth-ship, indicating that the person you are worshiping has great worth. And sometimes they use that term to uh, signify someone who has standing or stature or some kind of uh, honor due him, like a, a mayor or president, whatever. You know, they use that term sometimes to honor the person because of their, their position. Now, there used to be a phrase that we used. I haven't heard it much lately, but maybe you've heard it, maybe you've used it. How many have ever heard the phrase that we worship our worship? What's that mean? Worship means we, we worship our worship means we, we worship the method in which we worship. We worship the style of music, we worship how we do it rather than who we are worshiping. If we worship our worship, we're worshiping the musicians, we're worshiping the singers, we're worshiping the ability for us to sing. But that is not honoring God. We are worshiping things that we see, things that are here. Worship, all worship, should be focused on God, not the method by which we worship. Which means you can worship in the style that we have. Or you can worship in a style that the church down the street has. As long as they fulfill these three aspects of worship, about God, honoring God, and you're involved in the worship, as long as it's biblical, it can and still is worship. All worship, all of it, must honor God. The second one is worship is directed to God. Nehemiah 8.6, they bow down and worship the Lord with their faces to the ground. Matthew 28, 9, as they went, Jesus met them, greetings, he said, and they ran to him, held his feet, and worshiped him. Romans 12, 1, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God, 
Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will accept. All worship was directed one way to God. Wasn't directed to anything else and even wasn't directed to us. It's one way. And notice that none of those phrases indicate what worship is supposed to do for us. Now, you ever heard the phrase, yeah, I didn't get anything out of worship today? You ever hear that? Guess what? Worship's not about you. It doesn't matter whether you get anything out of it at all. Worship is about God. Regardless of how you feel about it, we're not into worship because we want to get something from it. We're, we worship because we're giving to God. It's one way. The other things may happen, but that's not why we worship. We're not in it to get the goosebumps or the feel goods or whatever. We don't want to leave going, oh, that was awesome worship. It was awesome worship it was fo- if it was focused on God, not on how we feel. In fact, if we worship because only because of how it makes us feel, you're not worshiping. You're wanting God to bless you at that moment. God is the recipient of worship, not us. If God is the recipient of worship, and here's a, here's a thing that we might want to look at, how do our song lyrics reflect that? When we sing songs, is God the recipient of the lyrics of the song? If the song lyric is basically saying things about how you feel, God, you've blessed me, thank you. Or God, I am blessed, I am honored, I am, I am thankful. Those are not lyrics that are focused on God. They're focused on how God makes me feel. When we sing, are we wanting the lyrics to bless us or we want the lyrics to honor God? Now the word worship is actually, how many English majors? Where's Darlene? She's away. I didn't know this. I learned this from the curriculum. Worship is a transient verb. I was not an English major. I was more of a a math guy. But a transient verb means there is an object to the verb. For the verb to exist, there has to be an object to it. The author says this. If I use the word throw, there has to be something that you're throwing. You just can't say, I throw. You can say, I ran, or I walk, or I stand. But when you say throw, I throw, there, there has to be something that you're throwing, something, an object. And that's the way worship is. It just can't be a standalone word. It has to be, I worship who? It, there is a recipient to the word worship. So when we worship, we have to understand that we are worshiping someone. There's an object to whom we are worshiping. And the song lyrics should be the ones that exalt the name of Christ. The third point is worship requires our involvement. Robert Weber says this about worship. Worship is not something that that someone does to us. It's not something that is done for us. It is something that is done by us. And that simply means that we don't sit back and get entertained by the music. How many understand what I'm saying? 
We don't sit there and are blessed by the music and we just sit there and just kind of soak it in. Our job is to stand and do something, be involved in the worship. We're not simply here to listen to others sing, nor are we here to be entertained by the music. We are all to participate in worship. For worship to be godly worship, we have to participate in it. We have to be physically active in it. That means we all sing. We all make a joyful noise. We all, we all join in. We do not sit back and let others sing around us. Amen? Amen. It does not mean, like I used to think, when I would go to church, when I either before I got saved and right after I got saved, I would go to church going, come on, is this music over yet? I want to get to the sermon. I don't want to get to the important part. Well, you know what? That's not true. Worship, there's reason that we have worship first. Let me know that. There's a, there's a reason that worship is first. We worship because we exalt God, we give to God. The sermon is where God gives back to us. And so when we worship, it is not something that we have to endure. It's not something that you have to just stand there and wait for it to be over. And I wrote down here, we don't talk through worship. We don't check our phones through worship. We don't just stand there and look at other people sing while we are standing around. Standing around and not participating is not biblical worship. So if you're like this, that's not worship. You're just kind of enduring it. Now, and remember, worship isn't God's suggestion. It's God's command. We are to worship. Now, later in the series, we're going to get into physical things. You know, clapping, raising hands, all that kind of Pentecostal stuff. So be ready for that. But since worship honors God, is directed to God, and requires us to be participants in it, I guess there's one thing we should maybe clarify. When we worship, as we said before, the worship has an object. We are worshiping someone. It's possible to do all those three things and not worship. How do, what do I mean? Well, because unless we are born again, unless we have accepted Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, we are, not, we are worshiping a false god. If we're not saved, if we don't exalt Jesus as God, Savior of our, of our lives, Savior of our souls, then who are we worshiping? If Jesus isn't the recipient of worship, if God isn't the recipient of worship through Jesus, then who are we worshiping? We could sing all day long, we could be participants, we can raise our hands and clap, and we can you know, focus our attention on, if it's not Jesus, who is it? Hebrews 13, 15 says this, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name. 1 Peter 2.5, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. How? Through Jesus Christ. So if you're not, you don't trust Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, then you're not worshiping God. Because the Bible says you have to worship him through Jesus. There are, as, as Judy said, there's churches that meet every day. 
don't believe the Bible, don't believe that Jesus is truly God, and they may have all the aspects of worship that we have here. They may sing and clap and have an awesome band, you know, they may have all that stuff. But if they don't believe Jesus, then they're not worshiping the true God. Whether you do it through hymns or choruses, it would sound great. But if you're not focused on through Jesus, you're not worshiping God. What did Jesus say about worship? Well, the story of the woman at the well, you remember her? Jesus confronts her lifestyle. She tells him, you know, he tells her about all her divorces and the guy you're living with now is not your husband. And then she tries to change the subject at that moment. You ever, I thought about that. You ever talk to someone about Jesus and they want to change the subject? <laughs> and it's, it, and they, you know, you try, they take you down rabbit trails away from Jesus. And it's easy to do if you get caught up in that. They'll ask you questions that, that are similar, but they take you away from the, the point of salvation. And that's exactly what she was doing. And she says in this John 4, 19, Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. She's flattering him. You caught me, you busted me. I'm with you know, four guys, five guys, and the guy I'm with now isn't. I see you're a prophet. So she's trying to you know, ingratiate herself to him. And says, Our fathers worship on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. And Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and is now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Now remember up to that point, there was one place to worship, the temple. And then earlier, the tabernacle. There was one place, the Holy of Holies. That was one place where God was. And so everybody had come there to worship. And Jesus was saying at that point, there's no longer a place. Because why? The Holy Spirit now lives in you. The Bible says you're now the temple of God. So it doesn't matter where you are. You can worship anywhere. How many worship in your car when you're driving? Hope you don't close your eyes while you're worshiping. Or raise both your hands while you're worshiping. The presence of God was in one place and everyone had to come to that place. But Jesus is saying now there's no longer one place. You are that place. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? 1 Peter 3, 5 says, and now God is building you as living stones into his spiritual temple. Location doesn't matter. But what matters is in a holy place but a holy people. What is our heart attitude toward worship? When we come into worship, is all of our attention focused on honoring God? Or do we expect to receive something through worship because, well, we're doing this and we don't want to do it, but God, you're going to bless me through worship. God says you're supposed to take time first to honor God. You come into the service, You take time, you worship. You honor God, you exalt the name of Christ, and at that point, all of our attention is focused on God. And as we noticed this morning, at that point, God now pours into you. 
as we heard through the Holy Spirit this morning. And then we come to God after worship, we come to God and we present our needs to him through prayer as we did this morning. And then God's word, hopefully God is encouraging you and strengthening you and telling you why we worship. The location that we're in shouldn't affect our ability to worship. How many going to a different church at times? And it's unfamiliar to you. And maybe the worship style is a little bit different to you. Are you still able to worship? We should be able to worship. The author gives this example. What if you come into this church and someone is sitting in your chair? Does that just throw you all off and I can't worship? It shouldn't. No matter where we are, we should be able to take time to worship God. I read an article about a pastor. I'm, I'm, it was either Afghanistan or Iran, one of these places that hate Christians. And from what the article says, his family had already been killed for being Christian. And they captured him and they tortured him to get him to recant. And he didn't recant. And they beheaded him. And I read that article. And during the time, just before they executed him, the article says he was worshiping God. I thought, wow. Wow. What's my excuse? What's my excuse for not being able to worship God? And I I look at that and I think, I say it all the time, I pray it, that God, you've blessed us more than we deserve you to bless us. Why, why is that happening over there? We should be such a thankful people, such a, so humble before God that, God, why, why am I not him? Why are we not suffering like they're suffering? Our worship should be awesome. Our worship should be focused on God, thanking him and honoring him and worshiping him because the blessings we receive now, we don't deserve. We don't. It's only because of God's grace that's poured upon us, God's favor upon us. If we think that we've deserved everything we have or anything we have, we don't. Everything we have, every blessing we have, God has given it to us. So our response to that should be nothing but worship, nothing but wanting to serve God. You know, this this pastor, you, you look at his life, you say, man, what, what, if that were me, how would I respond to that? I would hope that the Holy Spirit would fill me enough to do it. But then I, I, I come in and I, I just wanted to fall on my face before God and say, thank you, Lord. You've been gracious to me. You've been good to me. For whatever reason, you've allowed this country to be free to worship you. And so the time that we spend worshiping you should be nothing but nothing short of fantastic, that we have the ability, the freedom to come into this building and just focus upon God. I've asked the worship team to close in a song that we all probably know. I exalt it. You all know that song, I'm sure. I want us to take time just to, the lyrics are simple. I exalt it is basically the gist of the song. But spend time worshiping and exalting God for who he is. Not for what he's done, 
not for what he's gonna do, not for answer prayer, simply because of who he is. If the worship team could come up. And I'd like us all to stand during that time and just focus upon the goodness of God.
Hallelujah. Father, we just stand in your presence. We exalt the name of Jesus. You alone are worthy of all praise and honor and glory. All that we have, Lord, we exalt and lift you up. You're worthy of worship. The word tells us we're to honor you because you're worthy of honor and glory. And we love you and we appreciate you, so we worship you. We honor you. We are thankful, Lord. We are thankful for the salvation that you provided. The death of your son provided us that. So, Lord, through Jesus, you are worthy of worship. Because of Jesus, we worship you. We exalt you, Lord. You're the God above everything, the name above every name, the name at which every knee will bow and every tongue confess, the name given under heaven by which men must be saved, the name of Jesus. We honor you. We exalt you. Let our praise and our worship be pleasing to our Father. Fill us with your spirit, Lord, as a result of worship. And allow us to leave this morning energized, excited about who you are and whose we are. Fill us, use us, bring us back to refill us and reuse us. And Father, we will give you all the honor and glory. And it's in the name of Jesus that we do all of these things. And everyone shouted in victory. Amen. 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 We praise the Lord this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have a tremendous day. Keep me updated on what God's doing. God's working every time, every day. Let me know what he's doing. <laughs>